if you're coming into this with the mindset of leaving reps on the table and you haven't even learned truly how hard to go, I think your mistake is more costly than our mistake. Ooh, that's nice. Look at that. Look at that. Huh? Nice. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna wear it to the. Is they, are they doing the meet the athletes? Yeah, meet the yeah, Olympians. Thursday, yeah, yeah. Thursday. I'm gonna wear this there. Nice, that's right? Represent. I was pretty excited. It came in the mail yesterday, and I'm like, "Well, actually, it couldn't have come in the mail yesterday because it was Sunday. They would deliver on Sunday. I don't go to my mailbox very often, but I knew it was coming. So I was like, I don't want everything else is automatic. Like, you know, there's mail that comes. It's just shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of our one of my clients and mutant uh, Rob, you know, Rob that goes to all the big shows with us, Arnold. Mm-hmm. He works for the post office. He, he tells me, I was like, bro, they have a garbage can right next to our mailbox so that everyone can just throw that shit away and you don't even take it home. Yeah, that's a good idea. You grab like the one thing that you want and you're like, oh, here's my shirt from Michaela. And then you bring that home and you fuck off with the rest of it. Just throw the bills in there. Fuck them. So listen, anybody who doesn't have one of these shirts, get on Michaela's Instagram, whatever, DM her, get one because it's so subtle, comfortable. And... I actually tried it out today, 17% strength gains, and you go slower on your negatives. Nice. I guess oh, because okay. it's hers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. was trying to go fast like always, and it was just like slow. I'm like, oh, weird. Controlled. It, makes, like pain, it makes pain last longer is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, which seems to be what she's into. It's We're going to have a little conversation about the therapy she might need. Yeah. So yeah. I did a slow, um, just four count negative yesterday yeah. on my uh, Smith squats. Not slow, but, you know, very controlled. And then I watched it back, and I'm like, what is she doing? Like a 17-count negative? I mean, <laughs> like, it's like. Yeah. Her her ankle flexion is also, like, extreme. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You know. These are all the reasons that she's drastically better than me, and I'm a fan of the Olympia, and she is doing the Olympia. There so we go. There's yeah. that. Yeah. Anyways, moving forward. So get your shirts, everybody, because this thing's awesome. <clears throat> okay. So we are recording. Dusty's had his intro rant, which is yes. a good way to start the show. Um, like, share, subscribe, comment, and <laughs> ring the bell. Good there job, go. Harvey. He took yeah, it. Yeah. He stole your thunder there. He was in. He's like, do it now. <laughs> that was the bell. Yeah, it, it all helps. Of course, you see Dusty and I are wearing the mutant hats. Mutant is a proud supporter of the show. And uh, they're a very subtle sponsor. They just see the little watermark in the corner, and uh, they don't want to interrupt the show. They don't want to make us, you know, run ads and say stuff. They just really want to be part of the show, which is what's so awesome about Mutant. So, uh, you know, th- uh, support them. If you're in North America, go to immutant.com, and you can use Dusty20 or Big Ron20 and get 20% off. If you're not in North America, you can still support Move. the brand by going online to your whoever your you know, favorite outlet is and, you know, order in the mutant. So we appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. And of course, remember the Think Big Bodybuilding channel doesn't run itself. And there is a Patreon link below that uh, helps Scott with the uh, how many hours of podcasting you do last week? I don't even keep count. If I did, I might have to rethink my life. Is what it, yeah, what it yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, you no. start yeah. you start getting you start seeing the exact math. You're like, uh, 
Yeah. I could work like a 40-hour-a-week job and make more. <laughs> you know what I did that's, see, though? I, I got why these... I stopped keeping track of my uh, going out money spent on food. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, you don't right, want to know. Right. You don't want to know. know. $17,000? Holy shit. Okay. I did see <laughs> some cool stats, though, that um, it looks like we, in this year alone, 2022, our snapshot, we've had, uh, what is it, 237 million minutes watched i don't know what that breaks wow. down to but to the, the channel yeah. as a whole 27 23.7 million it's just to think man that's like yeah, it's so awesome. much time isn't it it's awesome to be part of that and yeah. uh and 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 just see you know how things add up over time you know i'd like like i've said before a lot of times our our perceptions all get slowly skewed over time as to what is successful or what is worth our while or, uh, you know, so like I know people that I've, I've, you know, watched them talk about, you know, in like clips or videos or whatever, Instagram, they say like, Oh, you know, I only have, you know, 500 views per video. I don't know if this is still worth it. I see these other channels with all these thousands and I just don't know if I'll ever get there, Yeah, but it, it, it's not how it works. You just got 500 people to listen to you. Yeah. That like in back in the nineties, if you had a seminar and five hundred people showed up, you were like Mister Olympia. Yeah, yep. That was like pretty much it. You get five hundred people to show up to. Five hundred people don't even come to a bodybuilding show, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like you go to a local show. There's like a hundred people prejudging. Yeah, you know, finals would be sold out with all the families that are obligated to show up for their one person doing three categories or whatever. And then they but, clean out uh, after bikinis over. Yeah. Yeah. And then they five. clean out after whatever category their friend is in. But, but like five, you got 500 people to watch your video. You guys are killing it. Yeah. You guys are killing it. And so, you know, it's uh, you know, we get skewed, you know, we, we see the numbers and then we look at the long-term numbers and you're like, Holy shit, like a whole year. It adds up, you know, absolutely. For sure. You know, so it's uh, really cool to be part of this uh, weird, um, what is it all? The gig economy where everyone can just laptop some sort of work, uh, yeah. generate some sort of revenue from their their kitchen table somehow, whether they're showing their feet or fucking <laughs> talking on a microphone. <laughs> Scott, you're still selling your used posing trunks, right? On I ran out, fresh out, so oh. I have to buy some more, get ready for another show. I only did he's so a, many shows, you know. He's a, he's a five-star eBay seller. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the channel doesn't run itself, guys. Channel doesn't run no, itself. No, channel doesn't run itself. So I was gonna say, you know, it kind of is Olympia Week. Yeah, kind of. And it uh, is. It is so Olympia Week. It is Olympia Week, and you know, obviously, uh, I'm leaving Wednesday uh, to head down to Vegas with uh, with Emily, and uh, obviously, everyone from Mutant is arriving either Wednesday or Thursday. And uh, and then it's Friday, Saturday, nonstop expo all day, show at night, expo all day, show at night, two days in a row. By the looks of it, that's what I'll be doing. And uh, and then Sunday we're flying home, so it's really a a fucking. It's just gonna go so quick, you know. Um, what what are your what are your plans, Scott? When are you in and out? So I'm getting there Wednesday as well. We leave Wednesday morning. Um, and then we will be returning home Monday. Now, I okay. made a terrible mistake last time we went. Um, I was like, well, the show Saturday night, we'll leave Sunday. I ended up, the way I set it up 
We literally got home from the Olympia. Like we, we were driving around, take Dave Kalik home after the contest is over. By the time we rolled back into our hotel, it's like 2.30 a.m. And then we had to get up at like 6 so that we could be to the airport by 7. I was like, yeah. holy shit, that was a mess. So we're going to stay all Sunday and relax. So, yeah, I'll, I, I'll be there Wednesday morning, get back on uh on, on Thursday afternoon. So we're going to be there for a little while. I'm excited. I don't have any obligations. My only issue is, so this was a last minute planning thing and all the tickets were sold out for the show. So I have never been to a bodybuilding show and not gone to the show, but apparently that's what we're doing. I have media passes, but those won't work to get me into the actual, you know, the actual right. contest. I, I went to the Olympia once and didn't go to the show. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually 2007. Okay. The year that Jay uh, beat Victor. I oh, didn't actually yeah. go to that show. Yeah. Um, we were in the hotel and everything, and we were just like having a good time, and we were busy, and I think we went to a Circus Olay show and just did something different. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, oh, Jay's going to win. Like, I remember we decided everyone thought Jay was just going to win. <laughs> and like, you know what I mean? I didn't realize there was going to be any controversy or anything. But yeah, yeah, we didn't actually go to the show that year. Huh. It, it, but the, you know. the main reason I want to go is to meet people that enjoy our content. That's like the oh, main yeah. thing. I want to hang out with people that enjoy our show. So I know sometimes that when you see somebody that you listen to on a podcast or whatever, you like you you don't stop them and say anything. You're just like, oh, hey, there's Ron Parlow. And then you don't say anything. And then later you message. You're like, hey, I saw you at the expo. You're like, well, why didn't you say something? So this is my invitation. Anybody right. that sees us walking around, please say hi. I know Dusty and Ron, you're going to be at the mutant booth that whole time. So I'm sure you're going to have a lot of people walking up. We're yeah, dragging you yeah. to that too, by the way. Don't think yeah, you're getting out of that. Drag we, Scott <laughs> by the mutant booth. Do we have any news on when you're going to be there, Scott? We can set anything what? up. Why don't Why don't okay. we figure that out? In fact, we should probably okay. figure that out now. So yeah, that, I should figure that out. What, so do you, you guys should... have events? Let me ask you that. Do you have events going on? Uh, at the booth no like well there's there's of course the mutant mass challenge which runs Ooh. the whole weekend where okay. people stand with the mutant mass bags and they hold for time and we have a bunch of awesome prizes and that that's an, like an interactive game that anyone can play yeah. and uh and and uh, that's lined up at the expos every single expo that's just non-stop the whole okay. day Okay. Like it's it's very successful so if you want to come down and try the mat the mutant mass challenge um the man people line up for it and they get like guys come back and we want to do it a second time. They're like, I know I can do better. Yeah. Like people so get like, yeah. came back. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. actually, yeah. Take a couple of dinosaurs, come <laughs> back good. the next day, go like, you know, eat a pizza, get really full, take a bunch <laughs> of creatine, come back the next day, <clears throat> you know, try to do it again. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's the booth will be nice and busy, but, um, of course me and Dusty will be standing around. They're smart enough to not give Dusty and I any real tasks or responsibilities <sighs> Because Ever. A, then there's no disappointment. And B, <laughs> it gives us lots of time to wind up uh, talking to people because, you know, the, you, know, you want to be able to, you want to be free to talk with the people that want to, you know, stick around and chat for a minute or two, right? So yeah, uh, they, yeah. don't, they don't, you know, make us uh, operate under too much expectation. That's a perfect great. job for you, Dusty. That's like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's what I do. <laughs> So you just kind of part be of my contract. For... I was like, I want to. Sh- they, they're like, you need to be here from ten to four, and I'm like, what do I need to do? Like, asking you to be there is enough. Um, so <laughs> yeah, be there and wear a shirt present. this time because that was weird. Be present um... and look like you belong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, nice. just in case there's a fan who wants to talk to you, like one guy the whole day. Well, I figured so Dusty's basically happened. on call. 
I have no obligations. I'm going to hook up with uh, Vigorous Steve. We're going to record some content. I want to try to meet as many listeners as possible. But um, I, I, what about like, let's do something Saturday then. I bet everybody who's going to oh, yeah. show up will be there Saturday, right? Uh, yeah, guessing. yeah, for sure. That'll I mean, I was going to say, I was going to say, you can even come by the booth like an hour each day if you wanted. Like, that's something you could do. Okay. Like, you know, okay. we could say like. Well, could say like, hey, Scott, will be at the mutant booth from noon to one both days or whatever yeah. hour you yeah. would like to insert. Yeah, let's figure that right around yeah. there. How about that? Okay. How about yeah, like we'll noon f- to one? Sounds perfect then because yeah, everybody yeah. will probably be there by then. It'll be it'll be happening. That'll be yeah, fun. It's kind That'd of a cool. peak. It's kind of peak. And you know what I mean? OK, you know, okay. you guys would know, that, you know, you guys would know. You yeah. see you see it from the point where there's nobody in there and it's just other vendors and everyone's you know. everyone's drugs are really hitting. Yeah, everyone's like having a good time. All the pre-workout you know, samples are kicking in. Yeah, yeah, you can see everyone dancing at the fucking you know whatever energy drink booth across from us. Yeah. You know, never fails. Never the party's fails. happening. Yeah, I like it. The last expo, I think, was it? I can't, I don't know. I can't remember which one it was, but I believe Dusty just walked across and just turned their speaker. Oh yeah, too loud. Like there's. Speaker was like blasting us, and I think it was Dusty. I don't know you 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 could yeah. you can remember. He just walked over and he just turned the speaker so it blasted like the other direction. Yeah, and yeah. everyone in the booth just was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah. It was it was easier than a conversation. Yeah, you know, I didn't want to like ask them to do it. That would be rude. I don't want to ask you to work. I'll just work for you. <laughs> I'm turning you your set speaker this up incorrectly. Yeah. What, what day yeah. do you get in, Dusty? I come in uh, Thursday, like three o'clock. Okay. And we are off and running. Much to do. It's going to be good. And I, I leave Monday also. So I needed an extra day to do a little Vegas thing. Yes. But actually, Friday night, um, I think we're going to actually go to a show. We're going to go see oh. that David Blaine guy. Oh, go cool. Little, oh, nice. Yeah. I want to do that. I'm like, I'll go to the show on Saturday. That's when we actually see what happens, you know. And I didn't even know if we even had tickets for Friday. So I'm like, whatever. I'm going to just book this thing and we'll go. So yeah. we're going to do that Friday of course, Thursday night we're going uh, going to smoke some cigars, which will be great. The, that that group is growing rapidly, but I got the bosses both in on that one. So George and George is coming. I think Christine is going to come, and then obviously Jim's going there as well. So we're all in prep for smoking. Nothing else. Nice. That'd be cool. <laughs> I uh, I asked Jim. I asked Jim how the company was doing. You know, coming up to year end and Christmas and all that. I said, so you know, I hope. Hope Mutant had a real good year, you know, and I, yeah. and he goes, oh, dude, I'm, just, I'm, he goes, I can't believe you're even thinking of the company. I'm, I'm so focused on cigar time with Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> He's like company, year end. Oh yeah, I guess there's some, I guess there's some company stuff I for, happening. I forgot why I, I was there. Yes, <laughs> I can't wait to get to Vegas to smoke cigars. So yeah, I guess everyone's excited for everyone's excited for Vegas. That's cool. absolutely that's cool. And. uh and I just want to throw a. I'm, we're gonna. I'm gonna throw a couple names at you guys, and you tell me. You know, we're getting close now, and I just want your your gut impression. I'll start with Dusty. What's Last. I know we've we've already given. Oh. Yeah, exactly. We already <laughs> we already we already talked about shit, but let's talk about Lunsford just for a minute. Yeah. Gut yes. impression when you see that Hani flew out there and. You saw that video with Hani and him the other day talking, and what do you just? What's your sense? Third. That's, wow, it's bold. So yes. coming in and like pulling a hottie, 
being the small oh, yeah. guy, small, you know, being like technically the guy that they're looking at as a smaller guy, but even though he's not. I think that, I think, that I mean, we all know this. His shape is so bananas. I think he will look like the big guy. That's I really thing. do. I don't think that's the thing. I think is, standing next to Rami, he will not look small. Hmm, he yeah. is like his shape. I mean, you got to remember, I was going to the USA's when he took second as a light heavyweight, and he was bonkers then and he wasn't even in shape like he is now and he had nowhere near the mass yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think here's what's crazy i'm just gonna throw an extra one in there him and nick walker are gonna fuck this whole thing up Hmm. it's gonna be a mess like the only fear i have for nick walker is seeing his pictures the other day and saying shit that could win the olympia like too soon but it's but it's a week early i mean And and he's not playing with lights and shit. I mean, there's 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 tissue there. It's I never be like, oh, it's the internet. Yeah, he's I'm not even spray you. tan. And I he's haven't like been me. touting him the whole way. So it's like I'm, I just saw the picture. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Okay, this will be interesting. Like, it, it would not stun me if Nick Walker wins the Olympia. I would. I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. He looks nuts to me. What do you think, Scott? What's your take on the Lunsford thing? And and and. Uh... Your gut feeling. I'm not sure about Lunsford. I think it's going to be, that's going to be exciting though. There's been so many years where it's just like the Ronnie and Jay show. You know, if you've been doing this long enough, it's been, there was a year that you didn't even go to the show and you could have because you're like, yeah, you know, Jay's going to win. You know, that's what you figured, right? So there's there. I, I think to me, I don't really even care what happens with either of those guys but I'm excited to see what happens. I think a lot of times I end up getting let down by people at the Olympia because I'm expecting them all to come in. When we're thinking about it and we're we're judging, how is this guy going to look? How is this guy going to look? How are they going to compare? We're thinking about like we're thinking about what their best looks like. But a lot of times they end up coming in a little bit off. And then part of the fun thing about the Olympia is, is, well, are they going to pull it back together and bring a different look on Saturday? You know what I mean? So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't even care. Like, really, I don't care what happens. I'm just excited to see. I have no yeah. idea. I have like zero clue. But I do think Nick Walker has a ton of excitement. I asked Andrew Berry the other day what he thought. And he was like, yeah, man, everybody's asking about, you know, Nick. Everybody's wondering about what Nick is going to do. So it should be cool, man. That brings a lot of excitement to the to the division, really. Did you just hear that, Ron? He just said, uh, accurately rated. Yeah. And then sat there. That was just a really long, accurately rated. It's true. Con- he, he, it's got, true. he got to the accurately rated without having to say it. Accurately rated. This Olympia no, is I, accurately rated. This, no, this Olympia what's cool. is accurately rated. I got a question for you guys real quick before you even throw that in. Do you guys miss, and I love, don't get me wrong, like, I like social media, but I miss not knowing anything about the guys till they walked out yeah like remember yeah, i, I mean, mean for example like like nick you know and I, I i just believe he will nail it but there is a chance that i've already seen his best huh and that won't show up to the stage there's a chance and and you didn't know that back in the day whereas like you know i mean even as early as early 2000s like they walked out and you were like oh shit you know like no one no one was looking at that like I mean, for example, I like to like think of guys that didn't win. Like when Gunter, Gunter Schlierkamp came out and took fifth, he stole the show because no one was expecting it. Huh. No one was looking for it. He was nowhere near winning. Yeah. But it was just like, fuck. 
And I just don't know that that can happen because at this point, other than a few guys have been a little quiet, you know, if Nick comes out and is just nasty, you're like, yeah, that's what I thought he was going to be. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, there is that. There's going to be a dark horse, though. And, you know, there always is. There's going to be somebody we didn't expect that's like, holy shit, we underrated this guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know who that's yeah, going to be. That's, that's not always winning either, though. Like, yeah. I remember the first year that Brandon Curry made the top 10. I was more stoked for him because I was yeah. just like, whoa, yeah. you came out of nowhere. I think he took ninth, you know, but it was still like shocking because you weren't thinking about him at all yeah. going into it, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's going to be a really, really great Olympia. I keep thinking of like lineups and the last time that the funny thing about this Olympia is um, I was talking about this the other day with a friend of mine. I'm normally like very like, ah, this guy won't beat that guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, right. You know what I mean? Like, no, he won't beat him. He hasn't beat him before. He didn't beat him at the Arnold. He won't beat him. The, The judges just. They don't have that guy ahead of that guy. That's how it is. So this right. guy will be here. This guy will be here. And like way more confident and like, you know, able to like make like clear, oh, that guy's not a top five guy. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've never felt like like this, this lineup. I just feel like this is fucked. Yeah. I feel like it could be just messy as, as all hell. And, and, you know, messy on the score sheets too. Like, you could have like four guys get first place votes technically. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. like you just never know. Obviously that usually doesn't happen at the Olympia. And let's let's get real with that. It's not like a local show where you get some real crazy score sheets. Which but it's fun when you see score sheets like that, you know, where there's like three guys that have first place votes. You know, of right. course one guy's got four of them and the other guy just have have one each. But it still means that it was fucking close in in, in that regard, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, though I just I yeah, I just I know we're gonna, you know, see a, a show where, you know, maybe Lunsford has has fifth place votes and second place votes. <laughs> like you just you just never know. Like I I, I sort of uh, I, I hope that we could see a show that's real crazy, you know. And we're, we're not excited. even talking about who's winning, you know? We're not no. even talking about yeah. like who the winner's gonna be. Rami could do it, Rami may not. I mean that in itself could be Epic. I personally would like to see somebody else come in and take it. That's just me. I think Rami's a great bodybuilder. He's just personally not my favorite. So well, I'll this is also this is also the first time I ever remember people caring who got other placings. Yeah, like, right, right. Like every year, who's going to win? And now this year, like everyone's like, "Well, Rami's a champ. Like you know, most likely remain the champ. But who's going to you know?" Where is Ian Valera going to place? Yeah. And where's Hunter going to place? And what about Samson? And blah, blah, blah. Like people are like they're talking about like the top 10. Like people are having discussions. Like these two young guys came up to me at the juice bar the other day. I didn't know they watched a show. I was like laughing when they told me they did. And they were like they were talking about like top 10 guys. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, the top 10. Oh, who do you think will round out the top 10? And they were and I was like, fuck, I don't remember people talking like this before. Yeah. Right, it's like well, Ronnie and Jay, you know, like <laughs> it was always like about the win. But this is just a, a unique situation with this crazy lineup. We've really hit like a peak of talent, um, you know, like a cluster of of crazy talent, you know, that that I'm just really excited about. It's it's good for, you know, obviously everybody just wanting to be there and. 
Oh, I sent um, I sent this up to uh, Scott because this is an example of what you're talking about. Here's someone that n- no one's mentioning. Charles Griffin. <laughs> he yeah, is like, no, fucking bananas. Hmm. <laughs> and he's just like quietly cranking along every day, posting up shit. And I'm just like, it, it makes me laugh because here we are having a conversation. And I follow him religiously and I'm just a, a huge fan of what he's bringing and the work he's put in the last season. And I'm like, well, where does that land yeah. besides winning? Like, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Incredible. It's like you're so good to think like, like it's hard to imagine that that is probably not enough for top five, probably yeah. possibly not enough for top 10. It's like, and that's why you're like, who fucking knows what's going to happen? Cause if he got seventh, I wouldn't be like, Oh, that's bullshit. I'm like, well, look at him. Of course he did. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think that's why it really comes down to that. I think the fans miss that just have their favorites. It does all change when they're next to each other. Absolutely. That's when you're like, holy shit. Like, you know, the separation. And like you were saying, Scott, my hope isn't necessarily who wins, but I would love to see the top five be so nuts that even when it's over, you're like, I mean, he deserved to win, but so did second and third. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? When it's that kind of thing, because that is the one deal that I think absolutely, even though you enjoyed it, it was for the Olympia. Like when Ronnie was winning, even the other Olympians were like, well, Ronnie's going to win, but we're going to try to get second. It is less exciting. And at least when it was Ronnie and Jay for a couple of years, it was like, well, who's going to win between them? Now we're like, fuck, who's going to win? And like you said, Ron, who's going to be in the top 10? I mean, it's all exciting. So, And then, of course, that just feeds into a better bodybuilding to me because then as kids are coming up, they're like, well, fuck. Like, I don't think anybody looked at – I don't know. I mean, these guys were so phenomenal. But when, when Ian turned pro, I don't think anybody thought to themselves, he's going to be a top Olympian very soon. And everybody right. knew he was great. Don't get me wrong, but it's like – now you're looking at him and as good as he is. We haven't even, I mean, other than quick mentions, talked about him. He's fucking nuts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's the thing. It's like this lineup feels, the sign-up feels almost like like it's too much to talk about effectively. Like I, I think that's why like no one is. I saw Fuad. They, they did one and they didn't even really talk about it because they were like, what are you going to say? Yeah. 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 It's like, it's, 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 I, I don't know. You know, I, I know a lot of people just coming into bodybuilding. Maybe this is one of the first Olympias they're really excited about or something, but you guys like, this is a crazy show. This, this is, and also like, I think there's 30 plus guys in the open. Like that's also a crazy thing. We haven't seen like, like when's the last time there was 30 guys in the open. I'd have to go yeah. back and look at like the history books, you know? Yeah. And uh, so it's just a, a really crazy show. And um and, and, you know, that like another thing, another element is um, I've had people at the gym ask me about Hottie, Brandon, Ian, like the list. Like, so people come up and go, what do you think of this guy? Yeah. And they're like, but the list, the spectrum is, is crazy. <laughs> There's like 10 of them where yeah. normally just think of in the past, people would just come up and go, how do you think Dorian's going to look? Or how do you think Flex Wheeler's going to look? Right. And they just, they'd name like two people or, or whatever. Yeah. But it's just, uh, it's crazy. So exciting times, even the second call out, you know, that's going to be incredible. We had a listener ask us this. He said, second call out will be some guy that won like a tier two show. Yeah. (laughs) So all guys at one shows, somebody asked me uh, or asked us 
do you think they'll do anything different with the callouts this year? Like, will first call out be bigger because there are so many guys and so many good guys? Might they go to like seven guys in the first call out? Is that ever possible? I've I've never seen that, but do you think anything will change in how they do it? Well, I think they are um, aware, obviously, um, that there is some value to how do I put this? There's 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 a way to do callouts that contribute to the excitement of the show. Mm, yeah, they sure. are. They're getting better at that too, aren't they? They're getting better at that. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah. They know that yes. they're supposed to just be strictly judging, right? But there's a way they can do that that's a little more exciting. Yep. Um, yeah. Like, you know, doing that. And, and and I'm also wondering too, like, you know, they do that final call out at prejudging, you know? Yeah, and that'll be five guys this year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. the thing is, like, do they alter that instead of calling out two people? Or th- maybe they call out four guys for the final call out. And yeah. just really, like, I think that's a smart move, you know? I don't like the two-guy call out unless it's clearly just two guys. Like, if it's Ronnie and Jay, it's like, okay, well, we know it's not, you know. Yeah, it's not We third. know it's Ronnie and Jay. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but when, the lineup, when the lineup warrants it, I hope they, they don't cut excitement by doing that because then you know it's like one of those two guys right yeah um chances are um so yeah i hope they do something you know where they can aid to the excitement of the show on friday and really drive the buzz for saturday and make it even more exciting you know you know you know what else is going to happen that i can guarantee with my crystal ball they're gonna have to work these guys which means the guy who finishes prejudging the best may not be the guy who came into it the best Hmm. because it's too tight. Your amateurs don't realize like this, the top group, let's call it seven guys. They're going to do their mandatories five to seven times for sure. Like they are going to get work to the ground. So I think sometimes when it's really tight, that's something that Steve likes to do. It's like, all right, well, let's see who really came to do this. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I don't know if I said this on the show yet, but I was at a couple pro shows this year. Obviously, I went to Dallas. I went to Arnold UK. You know, we were there. I heard a judge say to another guy that I knew after the show, he goes, yeah, they were pretty much, I don't know which two guys he was talking about, but he goes, yeah, they were pretty much a, a dead tie. Huh. So we just posed them until one broke. Damn. Yeah. Damn. And that's how we decided. And, and, and. Yeah, so they just posed them until one of them stopped flexing his legs. Wow. Man, that is and cool. Lost, that is... Lost, lost control of his midsection for a couple of poses or started fading in the hamstrings when they did the back shots. Cause they, I, and I think I know exactly what he was talking about, but they, they did this one call out where they made them do three double, back double biceps. Okay. Right. Like, and like, so, and they weren't in order. That was a thing about it. So they did a full round of mandatories yep. and then they called another front double and another back double. And then they called another side chest and then they called another back double. Like they kept forcing these guys to, you know what I mean? And they did some yeah. other poses in there and, uh, and they just posed them until one of them couldn't keep up. And then they're like, Hey, there's the, there's that placing decided. Right. Yeah. And I don't know if it was a winner or if it was second, third, you know yeah. what I mean? But that's yeah. what they did. Yeah. So that's why, you know, and it really goes to show and broke practice your posing. Practice your posing and your presentation. Split to the, the hips. hips. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I could feel it coming. I had to say it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I had another question. You remember when we had that chat about, are you remember that, that very successful thumbnail that Scott did for us? Are we training too hard? Yes, yes. You know, remember that Doing topic? it wrong. Yeah, so I've had a lot of people mention that stuff to me, and they're like, you know, I they say they agree with us, but I'm not really sure what our consensus was. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, wait, what did we agree on? Yeah. Um, but uh, the uh, the general consensus was yes, there is a lot to the this whole reps and reserve, um, you know, not not going so far to fatigue that you affect your volume negatively you know like you can do more sets with heavier weight if you don't go past failure all the time um you know all, like the science science stuff definitely there's all this merit to these studies and stuff however there's also something clearly to the fact that our gyms aren't full of huge guys and there's plenty of people that aren't quite training to failure right. you know like the, if, if you train to the two reps in reserve well, there's a lot of people that do that all the time. So why aren't they growing? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So there's all these sort of interesting questions. And we all know the people that we know that have trained super fucking hard are all the freaks that we know. Mm-hmm. You know, like look at all the guys from the Lukes and the Hollingsheads. And of course, you know, we talked about the genetic factors and all that. But I thought of something What's the hardest you ever trained? And I don't mean how hard we trained generally. I mean, was there ever uh, like a dumb program you tried or or a training method you adopted hmm. that was just ridiculous and over the top that you couldn't sustain? Or did you ever do anything like that? Ever try any of those programs back in the day out of muscle mag that were ridiculous, you know, like 30 sets of quads or anything like that? Do you remember any anything you guys ever did that was over the top that you thought of? Oh, this will be the best way to train. This will just be the hardest way to train. That was that was my entire career prior to meeting Dante. Huh. Um, it wasn't a specific program, but it was the reverse of what people do now. My mindset was simple. If I work harder and longer than everyone else, mm-hmm. I win. Mm-hmm. So that was the mindset. It was like, well, I see a lot of guys that, you know, A, most people don't train as hard as me was my mindset. And then they're also only doing 12 sets. So I'll train harder than them and I'll do 20. Yeah, right. And I'll be bigger than them, you know? And so that was the the hardest part of flipping the switch into progressive overload training was learning that that was too much. And that's where I think this this argument comes into play, because like you suggested before, Ron. Oh, that's the other thing. There was never like a slowdown period and you didn't miss days because I also love to train. I think that's a big factor is when you're less um, seasoned, you don't realize that like loving to train doesn't make it a good idea. Like I trained seven days a week until I just like my thought was. I'll just go on legs until I can't. Yeah. And then I'll do a couple more sets and then I'll go home. Yeah. And that was like, well, this will work. And then, you know, based on the fact you're training seven days a week, you're going to be back here doing that in four or five days again. You know, and right. the problem is, I think where you get some confusion is you do improve. 
you do get better because you're young and everything is a stimulus. And, you know, my hormones are through the roof because I'm a kid. So it all seems to work, but you don't realize how much better it could work if you didn't. You know, so that's where that line is. And like you said, Ron, just to push it home one more time, people forget that those who are in progressive overload, they're obsessed with not leaving a rep on the table. They do not train 52 weeks a year that way. Yeah. They don't. Right. Okay. What about you, Scott? That trigger anything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I did a lot of that because when I was younger, part of my thought was, well, I'm not a strong guy. I labeled myself as that. I was like, I'm not a strong guy, so I'm going to do more volume. You know, I'm not a guy like a Dusty Hanshaw. I tried DC training, didn't work for me. Turned out I wasn't ready for it is what it came down to, and I didn't have a good understanding of it. And later in life, when I did learn the benefits of a high-intensity system, I, I, I absolutely loved that. But there was a time that my leg workouts were literally three, three and a half hours long. Back workouts <laughs> were two and a half, three hours long. And, oh, yeah. and they were fun, man. In fact, let me see if I can find this picture because I just saved it today. This was after a back workout. Here it is. I literally saved this. I was going to share this on uh, on Instagram stories as like a little throwback. This is after one of my leg days. Dusty, check that shirt out. That's how you know that you were. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> when you look like that. That's with my 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 clients, uh, Vache and Javi. But, look at the yeah. calves. You just yeah. want that. Was, see, to me, that yeah. was a picture of calves. Hold on a second. Let me bring it back here. Oh, That's yes. a picture of your calves, and there's just <laughs> other people in it. <clears throat> so anyway, let me see if I can get rid of this now. Oops. Now I screwed this up. There we go. So, um, but yeah, that that was a lot of volume. And part of it was because I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't do that high intensity stuff. So I'd do more volume. And I still trained hard. Don't get me wrong. Like this was all to failure. It's just that the strength went down after those first, you know, three exercises. And so then instead I would just still go just as hard, but then move quicker, you know, and, and you know, the end might be like a couple supersets of like hams and quads, you know, extensions and curls. And I prided right. myself on like bringing people into the workout and making them puke because I had trained myself to handle that. A lot of other people weren't used to doing that where you work real hard and then you move fast after that. So I, I did get a lot out of it, but man, it, it had its limitations. That's for sure. And then I started seeing my best growth literally in my forties. You know, you wouldn't think you'd hit your forties and start seeing great progress, but I got right. better progress as I got stronger, you know, getting back to the basics and figuring out how yeah. to get strong, you know? Yeah. How about you? Yeah. yeah that's uh, well, there was a few, I, like I've, I've said before, I was always really attracted to the concept of I remember this one metaphor that I heard early on. It was apparently Mike Menser said this, but you can take a hammer and you can tap a nail 20 times to get it in, or you can just smack it once <laughs> and get it in. And so I was always really attracted to that, that metaphor. And, and, uh, and so, you know, I tried all the programs that talked about like, you know, that super high intensity stuff, you know, and, and this is before DC, right? DC didn't come out till later. And so there was Mike Menzer's heavy duty. And then there was like the Dorian system was just new and was just evolving. And, you know, there was all this sort of stuff. And I remember this uh, Bulgarian power split program came out and it was in muscle mag. 
And I remember mm-hmm. like it was based on the Bulgarians, you know, crazy strength protocols for their world champion weightlifters and how that can transfer to hypertrophy. And they were using all these big words back before anyone else was. Huh. And uh, so I remember <laughs> I tried it and it, all, all that was, was it was uh, basically like one working set of a body part, but you would do it three times a week. So you're doing like an all out set of hacks on Monday an all out set of leg press on Wednesday, an all out set of extensions on Friday or something like that. You know, it was like, it was like frequent high intensity, very low volume hits. That program was killer. It was six days. Um, It was, I remember doing that, like, you know, squatting heavy, like, and then two days later, hack squatting heavy. And then two days, like, like, you know what I mean? Even though the volume was low, there was this big mental, like, holy fuck, it gets fucking legs again today. You know, like <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. So that was like fun. And then I remember, you know, I even tried, I remember in like around 2000 when that giant Trevor Smith guy, yeah. he was on the boards. Remember Trevor Smith? Mm-hmm. Sure and he was doing like, he was doing like an extreme modified version of Dorian training basically, or, or Menser training with like massive drop sets with four straps with super heavy, crazy poundages. And so I remember I modified my program a little bit to experiment with it, like, and made the sets like the set, like, I remember like one of my sets was like five minutes long. Beyond you know, failure. Like, right. Yeah. The beyond failure stuff. Yeah. yeah. I remember I did a set of leg press. that was like, fucking five minutes it took with all the rest pausing and stuff so just like really really ludicrous training intensities beyond anything that would be sustainable like you know that five minute go to like literally the verge of being you know unable to function on on one set you know rest pausing rest pausing rest pausing strip setting rest pausing like all that stuff and um you just can't you just can't keep it up like you get fucking driven into the ground you know so i remember trying some of that stuff and you know hoping it would result in muscle growth but just kind of being like holy shit (laughs) just didn't do anything so so this is my twist on that though that that i think is interesting the old ways when we didn't know better was train harder train longer train whatever right but my argument to our mistake is then when we did what we had to do, which is a lot for people who are leaving reps on the table, yeah. it was easy. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said for callousing your mind to go through shit ah, that, I like that people don't do. You know what I mean? Like when you're, when you have been through so much, yeah. you've fought yourself through it, then what is the normal and you should go through feels like nothing like when i hear people describe contest prep i'm like why is it so hard for you it's just a decision because when you've done stuff too far like i said my first show okay i'll eat two cans of tuna every two and a half hours until the show that was the diet yeah well guess what then all of a sudden fish and greens and a salmon meal at night was like oh Nice. Yeah, you get a bonus. Hey, a I remember food. dieting. I remember <laughs> dieting on like chicken and broccoli for six weeks straight. Yeah. Yeah. And and thinking that I just, oh, that's what I was told to do by my coach. So like every other diet is like a joke. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you see know? what I mean though? Because if you if you're coming into this with the mindset of leaving reps on the table and you haven't even learned truly how hard to go, I think your mistake is more costly than our mistake. 
That's a great point. I love that term, callous your mind. And that's what I, I, I know I've said it a few times on the show, but sometimes stuff is good to do just because it's super tough mentally. Mm-hmm, you know, sure. like everyone's looking for the perfect, most optimal workout that will result in the most physical gains as soon as possible. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, so that's why some people are so inflexible. You know, like you go, hey, you want to you want to use a belt squat today? And they're like, nope, not in my program. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of thing. And I'm like, fuck that, man. Let's do something fucking different. Let's do a fucking giant rest pause set on something just for fun, just because it fucking sucks. And have fun. You know, you know keep it yeah, keep yeah, yeah. fun. I think it has to be fun to like enjoy it and to keep it in your life long term, you know? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you do stuff to, to make your mind tough. Like yeah. there's been lots of times, man, I remember lots of times where I'd be standing like we all have those exercises we fucking hate because like one one exercise that is just a bitch and let's all admit it, our fucking Bulgarian split squats like Meadows does. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The four right. count negative double pause. Right. Four <laughs> count negative, drop set with the dumbbell. Now you got two legs to do. So you actually have two big, huge fucking sets to do. You know yeah. what I mean? Your cardio, it's your, mm-hmm. you know, like they suck. Everyone fucking hates those if you know how to do them. If you don't hate those, you're not doing them right. How's that? <laughs> so, That's good way. There's been lots of times or stiff leg deadlifts or whatever. Like there's a lot of exercises that suck, but there's been lots of times where I would be training and I would think like, man, I don't feel like myself today. Like I'm not quite, I need to fucking like step it up. And I would choose that shitty exercise. Yep. Yep. Like, okay, fuck, I have to, I'm going to fucking, I didn't, you know, I'm I'm not happy with that set on the leg press or whatever. And I'd be like, fuck it. I'm going to do Meadows Bulgarians. Like, yeah. just fucking dig into them and, like, just punt it, like, just fucking go and then get yourself, get yourself right. <laughs> exactly you know, is, though. I've had lots of moments like that. Maybe the diet's really getting to you and you're like, fuck. And you're like, you know what? Instead of, instead of picking something easy because the diet's getting to me, I'm going to fucking make myself tougher. Yeah. <clears throat> and I know, I know Bulgarians are something I've chosen on purpose. Oh, yeah. You know, but there's a there's a handful of those types of exercises where you like choose them on purpose because they fucking suck. Agreed. You know? Barbell parking lot lunges. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, as you're walking the shit out there, you're like, wow, fuck, fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this one video. I can't remember. I can't remember which video it is, but it's. I think it's like a battle video. But um, there's a couple of pros. And for some reason, I think one of them is Gustavo and they're all training and um, and they're 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 fucked up after like the fourth exercise of quads and they're laying on the ground. Yeah. Right. And whoever the training partner kind of slash coaches who's like been spotting them, he's like, you guys, you guys, you guys are fucked up. And they're like, yeah, totally fucked up. He's like, OK. Parking lot lunges. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> He's just trying to make them tough. Like, they're already shredded. They're two weeks out. Yeah. But it's just embraces suck, you know? Yeah. I think that that's something people should do more of, though. It's If you think back, and I know this is probably against the law now, um, but your coaches used to do that. They would work you in a way that you never would see in a game in practice. Hmm. So, that, so that what the game required – was second nature. Like you didn't practice as hard as you played. You practiced harder than you played. Yeah. That way, when you got there, it was effortless. 
And, you know, to, to bring this full circle of bodybuilding, remember what Ron said about the guy who lost because eventually they just broke him down on posing. I was just well, thinking that, what? man. If you pose harder than you could possibly pose at your show during a prep, you'll be ready. If you train harder than you possibly need, you'll be ready. I just don't think reps in reserve on posing is a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea on your training either. You know, take your breaks when it's time for them and knock the shit out of yourself when it's not. Right. I like that. There you go. There you have Dusty's opinion. Thanks, Dusty. I'm always <laughs> on the fence, you know? <laughs> always on the fence. Always on the fence. Accurately rated. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do we have any over un- overrated underrators? Come on, Dusty. You got to have a few. I'd love to do a couple. You know what? I hate to bring it to you, but of course I do. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're going to start out. I got two back-to-back music ones because I want Ron's takes on these. Scott, but you know these two, so you're okay. good to go. Okay. Okay. Up first. Oh, and I want to remind everyone who's new to the show. They base this on the public's current view of yeah. this thing or person. Yeah. Madonna. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say underrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say underrated. Explain. She irritated. She irritated me a little bit politically a few years ago, but I'll just forgive her that. Everyone kind of lost their minds. Um, but I think Madonna is one of those artists that was how do I put this? Long enough ago, the main the main bulk of her career was long enough ago that there's a large current crop of music fans and artists that don't understand um, the influence that she had or how far she pushed things. She was like a game changer. Like some people come along, some people come along and they, they, they operate within the system like, and they do great and they sell millions of records and they make good music. And then other people come along and they change the system and they alter how things are done and they alter what the public thinks and they alter how everything is handled. And Madonna is one of those people. Hmm. So, you know, anything that you think is cool that you're watching now from Lady Gaga or whoever the famous female singers are right now, I don't even know, but like anything that you're watching now, like, you know, even all this stuff, Billy Eilish does like all that stuff. It's Madonna did all that shit. She did all that shit in the fucking 80s and the early 90s. She freaked everybody out. She dressed weird. She pushed the gender boundaries. She messed around with the sexual stuff. She made people fucking want to banner videos and all that shit. She she uh, she opened the door for everyone that's doing wacky stuff now. Yeah. Yeah. I I was going to say just before it gets away from that for you, Andrew Scott, she reminded me uh, in hindsight, of course, of what Conor McGregor said when he started getting big is uh, that he's not here to take part. He's here to take over. And yeah, that's yeah. what she did. You know, I remember like in separate stuff, but I remember when I heard that from him and now in hindsight, I'm like, well, that's exactly what you fucking did. Like you changed yeah, yeah. the game. And so did she. What do you think, yeah. Scott? Yeah. So I don't really know what the public perception is of her now. I don't hear her name mentioned often. So for all of the reasons. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So for all those reasons and all the reasons that Ron had said, because I agree with all that, I will say underrated and also share that 
I find it uh, interesting to look back when I was a kid and uh, Like a Virgin came out. Oh, man. And my sister and I, who are like probably like eight and 11, are riding around in the car with my mom singing, Like a Virgin, touched for the... <laughs> I just wonder what my mom was thinking at that moment because... Those are some pretty intense lyrics for an eight-year-old girl to be singing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Eleven-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah, it was 1984. Okay, so we were even younger up. than that. We were little, but we knew yeah. that song. We watched the video. We're singing along, I'm sure, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, was, I would have been nine. So I would have been yeah. like nine, ten years old when I first saw her video yeah. on, mm-hmm. on TV. And so... It's funny, like, I remember that video as being just scandalous. Like, I would have been 10, and that would have been, like, <laughs> my first memory of thinking, like, like you know, being attracted to a woman. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But you're 10, and you don't even understand. You're just like, oh, my God, I, I just want a woman is just, yeah. that's amazing. And then you look back now on the video, and, like, it's just so, so 80s and so silly. But right. you know, she's riding around in that boat. It was just funny. But yeah, like she was pushing it back then. There was like that video was seen as like, oh my God, have you seen the way she's moving in this video? Yeah. Like have you yeah. seen the way she, you know, the way she's dressed, you know, like people were just so upset. So yeah, it was fun times, man. She yeah. changed a lot of a lot of men's lives when they were growing up. <laughs> it was right over so, my head at that age. Oh yeah. yeah. What I what I like about that era. Uh, not just in music, but in general versus now. And this is the part where I piss people off. You know, the world has changed in a way now where our big thing is, you need to accept me. She didn't give a fuck if you accepted her. Huh. And right. that to me is power. Like when you really don't give a fuck and not because you're trying to be a hard ass or you're trying to make noise. Like this is just you. Whereas now the new age Madonna, if there was one, would be like, no, listen, everyone sit down. Let me explain to you why yeah. you have to accept my narrative. Yep. You don't have to. You don't like I got cone titties or whatever the fuck weird shit I'm doing. Fuck off. Don't watch it. You know, and that's where I feel like the world used to be awesome. Yeah. Because that's how you did that. And I think one of my biggest, the reason, another reason that I've always thought that she's underrated is the only reason that I got to know the Dennis Rodman that I got to know is she unleashed him. Huh. Like if you, if you read his books and stuff, I mean, literally he was like doing his thing and like, you know, basically toning himself down. And she was like, why let it right. roll. And that's See, when the pull, hair pull and the tattoos and all that shit came out. See, I, that's I Madonna. That. And like, that's like 1990. Yeah. So I would have been in like, love with her. Yeah, like I was been like 14 years old and like she was the hottest thing. Like Madonna was like the most like sexualized, you know, uh, entertainer in the world. And a lot all the teenage boys from my generation were like, "Fucking Madonna. Oh my god." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good times. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, so that that's one now I'm going to this one will be quicker, but another musician and the reason I'm bringing this one up is Getting tickets to her concerts are literally impossible right now. Taylor Swift. Overrated. I don't know anything about her uh, at all, like zero. So I guess I'll say overrated as well. I know the name. I couldn't even pick her out. If you put like five pop stars up next to each other, I wouldn't even know. I don't even know. Does she do country? Does she do pop? I have no clue. Like that's how little I know or care. 
So, so I'm going to say overrated. I'm almost where Scott is. Yeah. I almost don't know anything about her, but I do know a few things. So, yeah, the the reason I brought it up on the other end of the spectrum was because it's truly almost impossible now. Like she's actually having problems with her personally with Ticketmaster on how difficult it is to get her tickets because the demand is so high, huh. and she's ridiculously talented since she was young. Like writing her own music, blah 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 blah. I don't listen to her style of music, but. When I the reason I brought her up as a match to this is as talented as you are, like you were saying, Ron, or how well you're doing, you're not changing the game. Like, you know, in, yeah, in so, the years in comparison to Madonna to now, Taylor Swift to now, there will not be a podcast or whatever they're called then talking about her, in my opinion. Because the, so, the game's not being changed anymore. It's just, it's the game. Right. So here's the thing with Taylor Swift. She writes her own music which is a, that's massive Amazing. points for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's massive points for me. She's credited with all her own music. That like, is cool. Yep. Yeah. So she writes her own songs. That's amazing. There's lots of great artists that write their own songs and they get no attention and sure. no push mm-hmm. at all. Right. So it, it, it goes to where Dusty said, Madonna changed the game. Taylor Swift is playing the game. Yeah. Right. Right. There's no push to change it. She's not, you know, not that it has to be changed, but she's just in the system, enjoying the system, that sort of thing. And um, I mean, she's very, very talented, obviously. And also, too, I still think that fucking scene where Kanye ran up on stage and stole the mic from her and said Beyonce should have won this award or whatever the fuck and then gave it back to her. Holy shit. Was I didn't like, know that happened. That's cool. Oh, yeah, she won <laughs> like 10 years ago probably, yeah. Yeah. She won she won best video. Okay. Right? So she came out to accept best video and she, she like they gave her the microphone or whatever. Kanye jumps up on stage, grabs a microphone out of her hand. Damn. And goes, "Hey, I'll just want to say Beyonce should have won this. Everyone knows it." And then just like, gave it back to her. He goes, "Sorry, sorry to kill your speech." And just gave it back to her. And I was like, dude, that was a fucking lamest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. I just hated him for that. I was like, what a fucking asshole. Yeah. And she was like a teenage girl at the time. She's literally yeah, she standing so there like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like she was like petrified. And I was just like, what a fucking asshole thing to do. I remember hating him for that. Huh. But, um, but yeah, she's not doing anything like revolutionary. So she, she deserves to be successful for sure. But there's a lot of great artists that that you know write their own stuff. So this would be good because we'll take some heat for this one, as if we said she sucks. When all we said was overrated or underrated. <laughs> yeah, I'm it. just saying a little that's overrated. It. Like, so yeah. I, I just want to keep driving that home. No one's arguing she's not phenomenal because I do agree, and that's why I brought it up. So good, good to roll. And uh, death threats just send them to Canada. Um, yeah. <laughs> here's another one. It's an important one. Las Vegas, overrated or underrated? It's the whole thing, the whole fucking thing. I'm going to go with underrated. Oh, Adam, boy. (laughs) I'm excited. (laughs) I'm going to go with underrated because I think, to me, it was overrated for a long time. I am not a gambler whatsoever, but there is so much to do there. There's great places to eat. There's constant entertainment. There's if you go to old Vegas and you go to like the, the Fremont district, 
you get to see like a time capsule in history. I like staying there. Actually, we can't do it this time, but I like staying at the Golden Nugget. That's my jam. It, it's, it's like Holy straight shit. out of an old gangster movie. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm part of casino walking around in there. And like you feel like you're in a fucking dream. Like you're in a dreamscape walking through that place. People. Here's the other thing. It's the only place in the world where people just light up a cigarette and smoke. I can't stand the smell of cigarettes anymore. Like I can't stand it. But I love knowing that there's a place in the world. You just walk around with a cigarette in your hand. I think there's amazing stuff with Vegas. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. That's Plus, funny. if you have a car, you can drive out to the mountains for a day. And go uh, do some hiking. There's some beautiful hiking. Red Rock Canyon. Uh, you could also. Yep. <laughs> never mind. I was going to go with uh, <laughs> some other things that have happened out there. I already know. World. I already know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's great. Great stuff. Underrated. Wow. That was great. I'm getting married. I'm so too. excited when Scott jumps in there. <laughs> All right, Ron. I didn't want you guys to not, think not I was influenced by Ron. Anymore, I didn't want you but, to think uh, I was influenced by Ron. That's why I jumped in. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> that's a tough one, Dusty. I'm like, I'm sort of like, huh? Well, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's, I'm gonna say it's underrated. Okay. Okay. I'm you gonna say it's underrated. <laughs> the reason, no, the, the 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 reason it's underrated is you can you can do anything there on a holiday. It's a it's a you can do anything. You can see anything. Um, it's easy. It's only a two-hour flight from where I live. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because of how convenient it is, I've got friends there. I've got hookups there. So for me, it's it's like if someone's like, hey, you're going to, you know, Boise, Idaho for three days. I'd be like, oh, okay. But now they're like, oh, you're, we're making you go to Vegas for three days. I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay, sweet. Awesome. You'll find something to do. Yeah. Um. <laughs> The twenty-four hour food, yeah, where you yeah. just eat anything at the restaurant in the hotel. You don't have to leave the hotel. Yeah, I'll say I'll 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 be fun and say underrated. I don't want to be an uh, I, I could easily say overrated and steel man that, but I'm gonna go underrated. It's a lot of fun like for people going for the first time. You're gonna have a blast. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's the key to it. So, I've been to Vegas literally 80 times damn because when i lived in arizona like that was just a quick pop like oh let's go to vegas this weekend like yeah for you we'd go sometimes like 36 hours i'm, like, I'm over 30 this and, and come back. like my 30 31st trip yeah this week when I mean, you just shoot yeah. over there but vegas when done as an adult that's not partying and trying to kill themselves yeah. is awesome uh, I've definitely had some of those weekends. I have one. I, I wish I wish I had thought about this before, but I have one where we're in the back of a limo when we landed, and my buddy and I have fanned out like four or five grand. And then when we came back, we got a picture with both of us with like our eyes closed and sunglasses on in the limo. We had like twenty bucks. <laughs> That's the downfall. You can spend like, a lot there, but, but I mean, but it was for fun, so it was definitely the the game at the time. But I mean, those are the trips like that they hurt. Like you come home and you're like, oh god, why did I do that? Um, but now, especially now that I live here, the reason, no, you're wrong. I think the outskirts and live, I would never live in Vegas. No offense to anybody who does, but there's two options in Vegas, really nice or shithole. That's it. Yeah, there's no yeah. in between. Um, and there's a lot of people that got beaten by Vegas that are there on the streets. Yeah. So not my favorite parts, but living here, this, this will throw you off, Ron, like things close like restaurants and gyms, like they close and I'm not used to that. Like I went to a uh, like a restaurant one time when I was I was heading home from smoking one night. It was early. It was like nine o'clock. 
nine ten. I pull into the drive thru. I'm sitting there. I'm like, why are they answering? And a guy comes by in a garbage guy goes, we're closed, dude. And I'm like, fucking nine o'clock. Yeah. What are you talking about? So I love that at Vegas, if at three in the morning I wake up in the night, which I do, and I'm like, I want to go eat a shit ton of sushi. I can't. There you go. Just go. And they're going to be there like, oh, bro, totally normal. There's other people in yeah. here eating sushi. I'm like, exactly. Hey, hey, everybody. I'm here too now. <laughs> you roll downtown here. You like went into somewhere. You'd be like in there alone. It's called a B&E, breaking and entering. Yeah. So careful, kiddo. Oh, mess. All right. It is funny. It for is funny. One more. Go ahead, go it ahead. is funny how much of Vegas is is just a shitty desert city that I would never want to live yeah. in. Yeah. Mm. You know. All right. So one more for the trip to Vegas. First class seating or business class, as they call it now. Well, that depends on the size of the plane. Huh. Okay. True. True. Those little planes Be- don't mean shit. Yeah. Because if you're mm. on a little plane and you get business, it's like, oh, it's basically a premium economy seat. Which yeah. is way better than economy, but it's not like it should be, you know. And then if you're on the yeah. big plane, you might get the pod, right? You get like that pod, which Ooh, is like that's yeah. the sweet well, deal. That's awesome. Yeah. You know? So one trick is I have a, an app called Seat Guru. Huh. So mm-hmm. if I'm like, you know, if I'm flying on like let's say our flight to Vegas this week, I go, Okay, you know, um I have a lot of points because of Air Canada. So if, if I want to use some upgrade points to go to business class. Let's see if it's worth the points. So I go on Seat Guru and type in the flight, and it shows me what plane I'm on. Yeah. So I can see what the business class seats look like. And if they're like just the regular ones or if they're actually like business class seats. And then it also like, you know, they're worth different amounts of credits and all that stuff. So then I can decide if I want to use my credits. So, yeah, that sort of thing. So it depends. But if you get into a business class seat without having to pay for it, they're unbelievable. <laughs> you know, if you're paying for it, you might find different levels of value. But uh, I would say they're, they're, it's underrated to fly business compared to coach on like a, a, a big plane. Like w- mm-hmm. when you, you fly business once, like I remember what happens. The airline lost my bag once and they put me, they put us all in business class on the way home. And that was the first time I ever flew business class. Yeah. And I remember just being ruined. (laughs) Like you're ruined. You're like, oh, I can never go back to the way those people live at the back of the plane. That's fucking, that's like not even humane. Yeah. Can't do that to people. (laughs) You can't do that to people. (laughs) You can't just do that to people. Come on now. Oh, that's fantastic. What what do you think, Scott? And I know you haven't done a ton of that kind of traveling, but Yeah, I'm I'm interested to hear Ron's perspective because I'm, you know, as somebody who's on the other side of the curtain, back away from all those classy people. Uh, <laughs> no one said so, they're classy. Easy. Maybe easy. Sometimes it's, it's not even a curtain. I go up it's there. like a it's like a net. Sometimes it's just like a net that they just like yeah. they right. catch you in. You get trapped in if you try to go yeah. use that bathroom. Sorry, sir. Electric. Can't use yeah. the bathroom up here. <laughs> So I've never flown business class in my life. I've always, uh, my goal in life is to try to find the aisle seat where nobody else is going to, and I pray that nobody else is going to sit in that row. That's my best effort to, for flying. That's the best I can do. Um, and I want to make sure that I've been stuck in a chair that doesn't recline because it's near the exit row or something. That is, I will never do that again. Chair needs to recline. Those are my, yeah. those are my things. So I tried to play this. Yeah. Just just real quick. 
if there's two exit rows, yeah, the front exit row won't recline. Yep. Okay, yeah. But the the one behind it will. Yes, yes. So you got to be careful. Yeah. yeah. So I okay, try to stay ahead. away from that. And then I try to play this game where I'm like, okay, where would everybody else want to be? And then I'm going to pick the row where there's still like if there's three seats where like there's still three seats left, I'll take the aisle and that's going to hopefully then there'll only be those two seats over there, that window seat. Nobody wants this. They'll go over here for that batch. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, that's, yeah. That's my game plan. Uh, I've you never flown business. I did. I had the chance one time. My aunt worked for Delta. We had these upgraded passes. Nobody was sitting in my aisle. And so I was situated and um, I, I was coming back from Seattle. I was in, and on the plane happened to be it was a wedding and I was there traveling alone. But my aunt and uh, cousin were also traveling on that same plane. And we just happened to be on the plane. And they're like, hey, we had this pass. If you wanted, there was a seat up here in first class. They said you could take it with this pass. And I looked around. And I was like, well, I got these three rows and I'm really comfortable. I'm good. I'm good. So I guess I'm glad I didn't because then I would I would be regretting every flight I've had since I was 19 years old. <laughs> yes, that's exactly Love what it. happens. You Love it. You start oh, to good. think like, how can I change my life so that I can fly better? Yeah, like it's just brutal. I see them up there you with know. the damp towel, and I'm just oh, like spitting on my hands, towels. you know? Yeah. Isn't <laughs> any lemon I can put in my hand also? Just a little lemon. Yeah. So yeah, no good, no good. All right, that was a that was a solid finish. Oh, I like knowing that. One more yes. thing, the cookies on Delta. They have those cookies. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? They're they're a special specific cookie. You only get them on Delta flights. I always, the other game I play is when, when they come by to give those cookies out, I tell them, I say, oh, these are my favorite cookies. And I say something along the lines of, I specifically flew on Delta because I knew you guys would have these cookies. It's all a ruse because I'm hoping they're like, oh, here you go. And they just give me a whole bunch of them. Give you a bunch more cookies. (laughs) (laughs) It's worked. It's worked. One time this gay guy gave me like three handfuls. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right. That's how you do it. That's amazing. That's how you do it. That's great. Good play, Scott. Thank you for that, Dusty. Remember, everybody, <laughs> like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. Ring the bell. Of course, IamMutant.com, Dusty20, Big Ron20 for your 20% off deal. And we're going to be at the Olympia this week. So make sure you come by the booth and say hi. And Scott will be at the booth to also say hi. Noon to one. For, well, noon to one. Let's do noon to one both to days. One. And uh, we're looking forward to it. Okay, everybody, remember, it's just bodybuilding.